I'm not talking about rehabilitation. I'm talking about a supernatural transformation, not by might, not by power, not by the will of man, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. No greater gift has ever been given than the gift Jesus gave to His church, the Holy Spirit. Yet our understanding of the Holy Spirit and what He came to do tends to be lacking. Join us as Pastor Jeff launches a brand new exciting series on the Holy Spirit called The Gift. So grab your Bibles and let's go right to today's message, The Holy Spirit is a Gift. Now, if we were to do a little poll of churches, we were to go out there and just take a poll, and we were to ask church folks, tell me about God the Father. What do you know about God the Father? And most church people could tell you all kinds of things about God the Father. Oh, God sent His only begotten Son. God created the universe. God this, God that. They could tell you a lot about God the Father. And then if you said, well, tell me about Jesus Christ, they could tell you even more about Jesus. Oh, He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He's all about Christmas. He's all about Easter. Even unchurched people could tell you a lot of things about Jesus. But then ask those same church people, well, tell me what you know about the Holy Spirit. And you're going to get a blank look. And they would be able to say, well, you know, I know the Holy Spirit's involved in salvation, and I know He's out there somewhere. But they wouldn't be able to expound much on the Holy Spirit, because we know least about the Holy Spirit of the three members of the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We know least about the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to learn about Him. We need to know about Him, because you're here because of Him. I'm here because of Him, and He dwells inside of you, and He's already moved in this worship service, and He's going to move more. He is a person, and that's why next I'm going to be talking about The Holy Spirit is not an it. But there is a lack of information about him. Acts 19 records the story of when Paul first went to Ephesus, and there they encountered some disciples of John the Baptist. And they asked the disciples of John the Baptist, they said, "Have, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And all they knew was the preaching of John the Baptist. And look what they replied. They said, No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We don't even know about the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? And I believe that's what you would encounter with a lot of church people. What's the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? What does He do? What did He come to accomplish? I can't see Him, but I can feel Him, but I can't see Him. Who is He? What part is He playing in my life? How important is he to my spiritual growth? In this series, I'm going to impress your heart. I pray that your heart is mightily impressed 
with our incredible need for understanding who the Holy Spirit is and how badly we need His power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit like never before. We don't need religious folks. We need Holy Spirit-filled folks. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need Him. I need Him. I need Him every day. I lean on Him every day. I could never pastor a church without the help and the ministry and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're told here, first off, I'm going to start out very fundamentally and grow from there. So this is very foundational, some very foundational things about the Holy Spirit, but they're going to bless you anyway, those of you that have been around for a while. The first thing we're told about the Holy Spirit is He is a gift. He's a gift. Repent and be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So He is a gift. That means He's freely given. His coming into our hearts is not acquired by merit. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how good-looking you are, your pedigree, your educational level, whether you're black, white, yellow, red. doesn't matter if you're blue-collar, white-collar, who your parents were, where you live. None of that matters. He's freely given. You can't earn Him. You don't pay for Him. You don't work to get Him. The book of Acts tells us about a wicked sorcerer, somebody really steeped in black magic, the black arts. He was a sorcerer, and he was well-known. His name was Simon. And he was watching the disciples going around praying for people, and when they laid hands on them, they were receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he's watching this, and he says, I want some of that. So the Bible says, when he saw that through the laying out of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, look what he did. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. He said, It looks like fun going up to people, laying hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. So here's my money for this gift. Simon Peter looked him square in the eye. And he said this to him. He said, your money perish with you because you thought, watch this, that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Oh, let me tell you something, church. You don't buy a blessing from God because Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. We don't give God a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars. One thing that really has bothered me is through the years. The message has moved so strongly through the church that you've got to sow a financial seed to get a blessing from God. And it's almost like indulgences way back in the dark ages where you had to pay money to get loved ones out of purgatory. That's the message that was brought. And the idea being you've got to buy, you've got to purchase a blessing. And it's almost like we've come to the place where we feel like God's not going to do anything unless I sow a financial seed. But can I tell you, if you don't have a red penny to your name and you know Jesus and you call out on him and you say, Lord, help me, he will give it to you. He will pour it out on you. You don't have to have money. Yes, the Lord blesses the giver. Of course, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But I don't tithe to get. I tithe out of a heart of thanksgiving for what he's done for me and because I want to finance and fuel the gospel going out. That's why I give. Simon Peter said, first thing you need to understand, Simon the sorcerer, is you can't buy the gift of God 
It's real hard for us to wrap our minds around something that's free because that Protestant work ethic in us says, man, don't I have to earn it? Don't I have to purchase it? Don't I have to work for it? No, because Jesus hung on the cross so that you and I could receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The only prerequisite to receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is to repent and believe on Jesus Christ for your salvation. Repent and believe. And when you say, when you agree with God that, yes, Lord, I have sinned, I'm not going to look at you, God, and say, I haven't sinned. I have sinned. I've broken your law. The Bible says all have sinned, everyone, all is all. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. We've all gone our own way. And the Bible says the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of not some of us, but all of us, all of us. He laid on Him the iniquity of us all. And when we agree with God and say, Lord, I know I've sinned. I've broken Your commandments. I've gone my own way. I've offended You. I have cut myself off from You. I've done things that were against Your will. When we say that and repent and agree with God and we say, Lord, forgive me, and I turn to Christ for my forgiveness and for my salvation, then a miracle happens. When we do that, a miracle happens. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes into your heart at that moment as a gift. He's a gift. And if you've repented and turned to Christ, He lives in you. If you haven't, He doesn't live in you. There's only one name given among men whereby we might be saved, and that's Jesus. And the Bible says that we have received, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the day of Pentecost, which was the birthday of the church. When the Spirit of God was poured out on that 120 up in the upper room, that's why we call upstairs the upper room, We want the Holy Spirit poured out up there, down here, in every other room. But listen, the reason He was poured out and given to us was because Jesus prayed for us. John 14, Jesus tells His disciples, the end is coming. He knows the cross is just around the corner. And He says, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another capital H, Helper, that He may abide with you forever. Then Jesus says, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Everybody say with me, the world cannot receive him. Now look what it says, why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be where? In you. you. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to go up into heaven again and leave you alone to fight the devil and fight the flesh and fight the world. No, I'm going to pour it on you, a helper. And he, it's called parakletos in the Greek language. It means one that comes and stands right alongside you and strengthens you and holds up your hands and walks with you and guides you and teaches you and counsels you and strengthens you and upholds you. The gift of the Holy Spirit. What a gift. He said, I'm going to send him to you. I'm not going to leave you an orphan. Now, the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you go all the way back in the Old Testament passages, the Old Testament prophets, over and over again, we read about the prophets foreseeing what we have been allowed to experience. And probably the best known is Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. Here's one of the great prophecies of the Holy Spirit falling upon Jesus' church. It says, it shall come to pass afterward." 
that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, I want you to notice in the next verses, we're going to see that when the spirit has fallen upon you, supernatural things begin to happen in your life. Supernatural things begin to manifest in your life because we are not walking in a religion of rules and regulations. We are walking in a relationship with God, a supernatural God, a powerful God, a mighty God who has imparted his power to his church. And look what it says is going to happen to you when the Spirit has fallen upon you. Your sons and your daughters, your kids will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Every old man in here, raise your hand if you had some dreams. All right. Your young men will see visions. You see the supernatural manifestations here of people who have received the Holy Spirit? He says, your old men dream dreams, your young men see visions, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In other words, abundantly, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And supernatural manifestations will accompany and be manifested in the lives of those who receive a supernatural Holy Spirit. Now, the gift of the Holy Spirit is given for three very important reasons. So let me just lay a foundation here today. Three crucial reasons the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And thank God. Oh, and when Peter preached his famous Pentecost sermon, by the way, what did he say? Everybody there was watching this 120. They're speaking in other languages. They are overwhelmed with joy. There is something that has taken place that cannot be denied. And Peter said... He looked at them and said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So what I just read to you, Peter said, you see what you're seeing here, the Spirit being poured out on the day of Pentecost? This is that that Joel spoke of. And that's why today we need that. We need the that. We need that that Peter pointed to. He said, this is that. It's what Joel spoke about because you're seeing Your daughters are prophesying. Your sons are prophesying. You're dreaming dreams. There's visions. This is that. Happy birthday to the church. Amen. Aren't you glad he gave the Holy Spirit? So everybody say, we need that. Oh, we need that. We need that. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gift of the Holy Spirit is given for three basic reasons. Here's the first one, that we might receive a new nature by being born again. That we might receive a new nature. That's the first reason the Holy Spirit was given. That we might receive a new nature by being born again. Listen to what Titus says. Titus chapter 3, when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, so we didn't earn our salvation, but because of His mercy. Oh, we are recipients of amazing grace and profound mercy. Why did He save us? His mercy. Because of His mercy. And then He goes on to say, He washed away our sins, thank God, and giving us a new birth and new life. How did it happen? Say it with me. Through the Holy Spirit. How do we receive a new birth and a new life? Through the power 
of the Holy Spirit. We receive a new nature through the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. I'm not talking about rehabilitation. I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf. I'm talking about a supernatural transformation where God gives you a supernatural heart transplant and changes you from one person to another where you undergo a supernatural transformation, not by might, not by power, not by the will of man, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when I become a Christian... I'm not embracing a book of rules. I'm embracing a person who has the power to change me. And he can do in five minutes what counselors can't do for 30 years. He can change your nature. He changes your nature. Some of you know people who are still shocked that you're in church. Because they remember you when. And they look at you and they scratch their heads and they go, I don't understand what happened to them. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened to them. God Almighty, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What happened to them was that they were transformed by Jesus Christ, the changer of men and women. One night, a highly respected religious leader came to Jesus under shadow of night. And without any fanfare at all, I think Nicodemus said, you know, you're great, you're wonderful, you're a good teacher. He said a couple of things to Jesus. And Jesus turned and said something that was totally unrelated to what Nicodemus had said to him. But he spoke to his need. He said, most assuredly, Nicodemus, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see, will not see. It's impossible for him to see the kingdom of God. Out of the blue, he tells this religious leader that this brilliant man who walked into synagogue, walked into the temple every week and taught the law of God. And Jesus said to this religious teacher of the word of God, Nicodemus, if you're not born again, you will never see the kingdom of God. That blew his mind. You've got to be kidding me. I teach the Bible. That doesn't matter. I know Bible teachers that are as lost as a goose in a hailstorm. Going into a church doesn't get you saved. Hanging around Christians doesn't get you saved. Understanding intellectually the Word of God does not save you. Jesus said, you're going to have to undergo a spiritual transformation, and I'm calling it born again. Well, Nicodemus was taken aback, and he looked at Jesus and said to Jesus what we would have said to Jesus. He said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That makes sense to me. What do you mean born twice? Jesus, I can't be born twice. I can't be born again. And Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's natural birth. We know how a mother, her water will break when she's pregnant. And then you know that the baby is just about there. So that's what he's referring to. Unless one is born of water, natural birth. And the spirit, that's the second birth. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, the natural birth. The first time you're born, you're born with Adam's nature. We naturally sin against God. We naturally go our own way. We are natural rebels against God. That's the problem with America. America is in revolt against God. And that's the natural Adam nature we're born with. So that which is born of the flesh... The natural birth is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, 
touching your heart when you're saved, that's the spiritual birth, is spirit. Born once, you're lost. Born twice, you're found. Born once, you're going to hell. Born twice, you're going to heaven. Born once, you're flesh. Born twice, you're spirit. Born once, you are the devil's child. Born twice, you are God's child. Born once, you're lost. Born twice, you're found. That's what Jesus is telling us. Jesus, the greatest philosopher, the greatest thinker in the history of the world. Not to mention the Savior. Then he said, do not marvel, Nicodemus, that I said to you, you must be born again. You must be born twice. You must be born of heaven. Jesus then went on to describe how the Holy Spirit operates. He compares him to the unpredictable blowing of a wind in the way that he will suddenly out of nowhere touch a person's heart with conviction and bring them to repentance in Christ. He said, the wind blows where it wants to. You hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everybody who is born of the Spirit. Last night I was sitting out on my patio drinking coffee, which God made on the eighth day. You read that, right? And I'm sitting out there on my patio, and it's dusk, and I'm watching the birds. You know, the heat is kind of going down some. The sun is setting. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere came this fierce wind, and it bent the oak tree in my backyard. It just bent it almost in half. And I had to jump up and close our umbrella and pick some things up, and, and the branches were blowing, and the leaves were rustling and blowing off of this tree. And it was this fierce wind came out of nowhere. Jesus said, that's the way the Holy Spirit moves. There's Jeff Wickwire. Many years ago, as a 16-year-old juvenile delinquent sitting in juvenile home with no future, no hope, no aspirations, no nothing, maybe headed to prison, and suddenly the wind blew through the juvenile home. That wind of God blew through the juvenile home. And I heard the gospel, and I got saved. How is it? How can you explain it? I stand behind this pulpit because Jesus reached down, sent His Spirit, convicted me of sin, and led me to that cross to the cross where my sins were washed away, to the cross where the Spirit of God came into my heart and changed me into another man. Wow! God saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins by faith in Christ Jesus, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God in us and through us. He is the one who comforts us, teaches us, corrects us, and works through us for the glory of God. Pastor Jeff will have a lot more to say about the gift, the Holy Spirit, on the next Life Talk program. Well, that's it for now. We hope you've enjoyed the message. But remember this today. The Holy Spirit will be with you and live in you wherever you are or wherever you go. Join us on the next Life Talk program as Pastor Jeff continues with part two of the message, The Holy Spirit is a Gift. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. The Holy Spirit is a Gift is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, The Gift. 
You can own a copy of this 6 CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Gift, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.